0: Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Michelle Favre, Head of Knowledge Transfer at the Centre for Social Innovation. History lessons in the UK uh, rarely evidence the devastating effects of British colonialism. Equally, young students are often not taught about the positive impacts. Black historical figures have had on the UK society. Um, Richard Acker really wants to change that. So graduate of the Masters in Social Innovation, Richard is also the founder and CEO of East London Connect, which is a charity aiming to regenerate East London by helping young people access educational and career opportunities. I was Richard's supervisor for his dissertation, which was called Integrating Black British History student's perspective. Uh, So I asked him what motivated him to do his research.
1: As you can probably tell I'm an East Londoner and I happened to be in a library two summers ago in South London, scandalous I know, and in the library I saw an exhibition about Black Victorians and I was like what is this? What does this mean? So I was really, really excited about it. And I looked at the the different characters, looked at the different people, and I looked at the responses of the young people that were exposed to this information. I was like, wow, is this information available to all students across different parts of London? And is this a history that is taught at all? So I started to look at Black British history, started to look at what's available and what's there. And I thought, what ways could I research what's been done before and how can I incorporate this in sort of information in a research context and why I think it's quite an interesting area of Black British history in terms of Black presence in Britain before the um, Windrush generation, which is the popular narrative. So it was really good to kind of go beyond that and see what else exists.
0: So for the research, you brought students to Cambridge to the African Studies Library and you also did some workshops in the schools themselves. Can you tell us uh, more about how you went about that?
1: I actually did an event with um, some young people from my church and I invited them up to Cambridge to sort of see what the university is like. But also I did did an event specifically at the Centre for African Studies, which is a very unique collection of African texts on all countries in Africa. And I was just fascinated by how the kids reacted to seeing these books and this history. So as a result of that, I decided for the master's dissertation, it was really important to get kids exposure to the library, to see that it exists, to see the books, collections, and also to link it to the work that I'm doing as part of my Integrating Black British History into the curriculum. And these two schools are two schools that I work with, one in East London and one in West London. And I was really struck by the intelligence of these young people And I was surprised that even though these schools are very diverse, more diverse than most, they both did not have any experience of learning Black British history at GCSE and not at A-level, even though they were A-level history students. So I thought that constellation of diverse schools, Centre for African Studies and Stronger Stories, they are a marketing organisation that help organisations tell stories. I thought bringing these Three different organisations together, different perspectives, would bring so many different insights into stories, history, young people and Black British history. So I think it was such a, re- it was a really exciting experience to bring that all together and see what came out of it all.
0: Yeah, I've got to say, I used to teach that age group and I've never seen a group of teenagers that interested in a history lesson before. So that in itself was very cool. One of the things that struck me when the students first arrived, one of the first questions you asked them was, "Well, what, what do you actually already know about Black British history?" And the students seemed to seem to think, "Well, nothing really." They didn't think they did know much, but when we talked to them some more, it turned out they they did actually know more than they were thinking they did.
1: Yeah, it was it was really interesting because. It was how they associated school history, so what they learned in school, and how they divorced that from personal history. So, you know, majority of the students were of different ethnicities and different backgrounds. And I guess they disassociated their own personal history, their family's mm-hmm. history, their grandma's history from uh, Black British history, even though it clearly was. And I think one of my favourite quotes from the whole dissertation was, one particular girl of mixed heritage who, at first, she didn't really have passion for Black British history at all or even British history that I was taught in school. And by the end of the workshop, she said, being exposed to Black British history, she identified it as my history, Black Victorians as her history. So I thought that was just transformation and it just shows the benefit of exposing young people to even like a to Victorian era and they identifying that with their own personal identity so it kind of it was really really insightful how young people today can even associate with such a history.
0: Because the kids they were talking a lot about when did their parents or their grandparents or their great-grandparents generation emigrate and things like that which is part of our history. One of the interesting things for me was also that the groups were very diverse and that all the students were acknowledging like this is our shared history that you know it's it's Black British history but it's also British history
1: exactly and I think that was the exciting part of, at the end because I was like mm. if we could get more schools to exchange and to kind of not say it's a black issue of British history or whatever it is but actually just get students to share their own knowledge their own history their own culture with each other they would learn so much more on a personal level and collectively they're both sharing personal histories um potentially longer histories but they're having that conversation and it's 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 really exciting to know that maybe the next generation of young people if they can share these experiences together learn together they will be able to kind of have those conversations that maybe wasn't available to previous generations.
0: So the first step was to bring the students to Cambridge so you put the two groups of students came for the workshop with Stronger Stories and then you were thinking oh this is great because they bring their own experience and their own stories to the history. So what did you do next?
1: So it was an action research methodology. And that basically means that everyone in the research process, so students, the, um, workshop organisers and supervisor and myself, we were all involved in shaping and making sure that each stage of the research was collective. So the first stage was a workshop at Cambridge at the Centre for African Studies and bringing the students to Cambridge outside of the normal history lesson so they felt a bit more comfortable, a bit of a trip, a day off, <laughs> and then It was also with Stronger Stories, so a different organization who are much better than I am at presenting to young people. So that was the first stage. And then the second stage was actually I went back into the schools and I did focus groups with the kids who came to the workshops to say, what do you think was good? What do you think was bad? And more importantly, if you could do it yourselves, how would you redesign it and teach other people to do black British history? And it was really, really good to just have those conversations. And then the final section, which was even more exciting, was that one of the schools actually delivered the ideas from the focus groups to year nine students in their classroom. And it was fantastic to see young people take the information from the workshop, also their own focus group, and then actually implement it in a final proper lesson, one hour lesson run by year 12 student, history students to year nine students and it was fantastic how they engage how they work together as a team and most importantly one of the fantastic comments that we got from the final student presentation and class they said when I'm in year 12 I would love these are year nine pupils when I'm in year 12 I'd love to do this as well and it was really really encouraging to see that in front of the head of history so it just shows the benefits of a collaborative process and it also shows the benefit of trusting students to produce something fantastic stuff that I wouldn't have known and even in their final lesson that they gave to the year nine students they came up with things that I didn't know so for example they talked about black British panthers and I was like I didn't even know that existed I was like okay wow fantastic it was just a really good collective and iterative process but also showed the fantastic benefits of action research when we are less in control and give shape to individuals within um, the research process, it can actually produce really, really exciting outcomes.
0: Wow. How did they respond when you told them part of the plan was for them to deliver a session, and that you wanted to know what they thought about it? How did they react to
1: that? So initially, they were really excited. Oh, we're really going to do a lesson. Oh my gosh, okay, okay, not to year 12s, so not to their own colleagues, so to a year group that was much younger. What was interesting is then they were happy to design it, but then when it came to delivery, it, was, it showed me what I could have taught them, but also what they needed. They said, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so how do we teach it? Okay, what's the learning objective? <laughs> you know, how do, what activities do we have to do? How do we integrate these kind of things? And so they realised they had knowledge, they had ideas, but they didn't know how to teach it. So it was very interesting to kind of talk them through that process. And the end process was fantastic. I didn't say anything. And they had no assistance for, for, for one whole hour, and it was just brilliant. So I think initially it was trepidation, <laughs> then it was input, please, and then they delivered, and it was really, really good. I don't
0: know about you, but in my school, when we learned history, we wouldn't have dreamed of being asked what we thought should be in the curriculum. I don't think we learned anything in particular about the history of race, I think the, the only thing we may have touched on slightly was learning about the Second World War and anti-Semitism, and then maybe five minutes of slavery in year nine, something like that. But what, what was your experience of, of learning history at school? Um, instance, you went to school in London, right?
1: Yes, yeah, so I went to school in uh, Essex, actually. And um, it was very diverse, lots of young people who'd come from you know, different parts of East London and parts of London into Romford, which is basically East London. Honestly, even when I was doing the research, I couldn't remember a lesson where I learned something about Black British history. I can remember maybe Martin Luther King. I remember at A level, I I learned a little bit about Rosa Parks, but I guess the context of London and Black British history, I had nothing about. So it was kind of only later in life, in my late 20s, that I was like, oh, interesting. But during my secondary school time, I learned absolutely nothing. So I, I think it was sort of me giving them a the chance so to shape the experience that I didn't have. So it was so I think it was exciting in that way.
0: So one of the things you did for, for the research was obviously to read a lot about the history of the history curriculum and yeah, yeah. how that's been positioned in schools in the UK. And I think one of the really salient questions that came out of that is what is the purpose? of learning history at school and some of the the policy documents that you drew my attention to were actually quite alarming in the way that they were talking about the purpose of learning history at school being patriotic and that it was about the students learning the correct attitude to British Mm -hmm. history and for them to be proud of the British Empire even. So I think when we begin to think even a little bit critically about those matters, then it actually becomes essential that we learn about Black British history as part of our history at school. So, tell us a little bit about your experience of reading around this area and becoming aware of the sort of discourses and academic and policy documents that you were reading.
1: I think it was really insightful because it's history. It was my—I'm fr- not a historian per se. So it was like looking at history. It was really interesting to go back. To the earliest movement. So, you know, the supplementary school movement in the 60s and 70s, that, you know, from the Windrush generation who were like, you know, gosh, what are we what are kids learning in school? We're gonna have to we're gonna take it into our own hands and we're actually going to teach them something on a Saturday that kind of reaffirms their black identity and gives them positive examples. And then 1987 was when we had the first Black British History Month. And so that was another attempt to have a positive black British history in schools but to, to your point and um, because I think there's a lot of history <laughs> to cover mm-hmm. I think what's basically been the the summary of that narrative is that since the 60s or 70s there's been repeated attempts to integrate black British history into the curriculum but not as a fundamental part of the curriculum so it's kind of like you know so you have maybe this yeah supplementary school on a Saturday or you'll have the his, Black History Month on, in October but there was no fundamental change to the breadth and the depth of the national curriculum despite repeated changes since uh, 1991 and um, even in the 2000s even when they started to bring Black history into the curriculum it was either West African kingdoms I think that was innovative move however it still wasn't black British history so in terms of how it's evolved over time I think there has been need for actually to fundamentally look at where do we place black British history within British history as a permanent and important part of what kids should learn about what it is to be British Um, and I think that that hasn't been as progressive as it could be. Even though now we have lots of research to show that there were Black Tudors, there were Black Victorians. So as this new historical research has come in, the hope is that actually for the future, we could integrate a broader and more in-depth understanding at GCSE. And my sincere hope is that with the amount of new research that is available, that we could have something more critically looking at Black British history at A-level, which still unfortunately does not exist.
0: Yeah and I think importantly a lot of the examples that that maybe can be found when black history is taught in school is that often the narrative that the kids actually receive is is very negative in the sense that you know black people are portrayed as victims of colonialism or variously hard done by which of course is true but at the same time there have also been positive historical figures who've made a difference. And there, you know, there's another narrative and another perspective, which are, you know, actual stories of individual lives, you know, real human beings rather than groups which were marginalized or historically exploited. And so it's maybe doing these kids a disservice when we're constantly repeating this message that black people are portrayed in this way only. Yeah. So I think one of the, the great things about the workshop with Stronger Stories was that actually the individuals that you chose to show were actually having a positive social role. So there's a lot of black people, for example, who were involved in ending slavery. Yeah. But obviously, when I was at school, we were told, oh, it's William Wilberforce, he ended slavery yeah, 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 yeah. on his own. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. white guy. So we feel feel grateful to him. We didn't learn anything about, you know, slave revolts or, you know, but actual African or African-American people who were involved in, in campaigning for that, they were kind of sidelined.
1: Exactly. But, you know, it, it was fantastic to um, show people like William Cuffey, who he worked alongside. So it was not an individual process and it was a collective process. And I think that's something that's not told. You know, it was allies. We had allies. You know, it wasn't, you, you couldn't, like with many things, you can't make s- massive political, social change alone. (laughs) You need to work as a group. So it was just really good for them to see. Alongside William Wilberforce, you have those likes of William Cuffey. You had different individuals who were able to make a positive impact and stand for what they believed in. It wasn't just an individual, heroic figure, but actually many heroic individuals who worked together. Ignatius Sancho and um, William Cuffey people who were also strongly um, advocating for the abolishment of slavery. So it was good for them to see that, you know, even within this period, black people were not powerless and they were not kind of disenfranchised and had to fight alone. Actually, they were collectively working with other people, white and black, to make a change and to bring about awareness and a change to the laws around slavery.
0: I became more aware recently of the, the Saturday school movement that you mentioned because I read the Akala book, Natives, Race and Class in the Ruins of Empire. So I read it because I became aware that a lot of the undergraduates are reading it, which is testimony in itself that young people really want to learn about this stuff. And in it, in the book, Akala talks about how he was part of this Saturday school program and how that helped him to gain a sense of his identity as a, as a black man. In the UK at that time but obviously he's getting that on a Saturday and all his his white classmates are not so I think integrating it into the history curriculum is is so essential because because it's part of our shared history and I think one of the obstacles to that is is perhaps people being overly cautious to talk about it so for me personally I think one of the realizations that that I had through kind of being involved in this was that the wisdom that I've received implicitly, you know, from my education and my experiences has been, you know, just, just don't mention race. Just don't talk about it. Best thing to do uh, if, if you're white is pretend you can't see it. You know, no one said that to me explicitly, but I feel like through through my schooling, that is the message that was shared with me through kind of being involved in this project with you it's helped me to realize actually if I feel shy if I feel like I don't want to say anything I don't want to talk about race maybe that's that's where it's coming from so that makes sense so yeah so I have yeah, so kind of I've started to talk about it to people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and see and how that goes
1: and I, and I think I think that's the key it has to be a conversation In a two-way conversation, I'm sure you've had those individuals who try to convince you about any number of topics, but when it's a one-way and they haven't kind of said, oh, do you understand what what I mean? Do you know what these terms mean? And I think um, when it comes to Black British history and also race, in our British politeness, we don't want to offend anybody. So it's easier to not talk about it. So, for example, I literally had a conversation with one of my friends who I've known since Sixth form. And it's so funny. We've never talked about race. <laughs> we've never talked about race. We had a conversation about something and she was like, oh, I would like to learn. And that just opened up another door for us to talk about, you know, some of my experiences. How does she feel about it? Like, oh, well, I wish. And she's a teacher. So she said, oh, I wish I knew about this so that I was better um, prepared to talk to my students in my school. But just to have those conversations. And I think um it's really important that we start to have this conversation because I think when we look at other countries like, you know, Germany or even America, there's a greater race consciousness and a a confidence to talk about race or a greater knowledge of race. And I think um, a German word that I learned in my um, (laughs) German history in my undergrad is Vergangenheitsbefertigung. And I think it's a long word that basically means come in terms of the past. And I think as we start as individuals in Britain, white and black mixed race or different heritage as we start to look at history and try to talk about race and try to talk about silences and try to talk about all of these kind of different things it's really really important that we say let's confront our past our past doesn't define us um you know it's a new generation we can but we can always learn from it but we cannot learn from it if we don't expose ourselves to the lessons that can be learned and i think that in that way we can have fruitful conversations we can have Um, safe spaces to talk about these things, but also we can have a learning experience that we're learning from different people's perspectives and we're going along the journey together.
0: That was Richard Acarelli, a Masters in Social Innovation alumnus and PhD candidate with the University of Bristol. Uh, Richard is also the producer and presenter of his own podcast series, Teaching at the Top. Black Men in Academia. You can find out more about the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube.